freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 247 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd, and this is normally sitting next to me where you would find Dan, the other guy, but he is away this week uh, on assignment, we're saying. He's actually procuring some ammo for the gun shop, so that's exciting news for those of you that know how short ammo has been lately. Um, And so we're dividing duties, and I'm running solo today, but not entirely solo, of course, because our awesome guest is here with us today, Jody A. Dean. Jody holds a PhD in clinical psychology and was in clinical practice for 20 years. During this time, she treated a variety of clients, including professional athletes and members of the law enforcement community and their families. She worked with former First Lady Lillian Carter on her Depression in the Workplace initiative and has contributed to publications related to workplace violence, brain health, and many other topics. Currently residing in Tennessee, uh, Jody is an AKC performance sports judge and writes the award-winning Roxy the Doxy kids books. And Jody recently wrote an article for the USCCA magazine titled Second Fight, the Psychological Consequences of Self-Defense Shooting. Welcome to the show, Miss Jody. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm happy to be here. This is a great idea. What a fun show you have. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, my husband and I are business owners. We're co-hosts on the radio show, but my degrees are in counseling and psychology. And not that I could even begin to, uh, you know, go toe to toe with someone who's actually practiced in it as you have. Uh, It is truly, um, you know, my passion. It is, you know, understanding the, the human psyche and understanding the human animal um, and, and how we communicate with one another and, and, and go through this journey we call life. It is so fascinating to me. So to be able to talk about these topics with you is amazing for me. That's great. I didn't know you had that background. That's, uh, that's fascinating to know. Absolutely. Um, and I was lamenting with my daughter one day, I'm like, I've gone to school all these years. I've spent all this money getting these degrees and I'm not even using it. And she goes, mom, I've met your staff and your family. Trust me, you're using it every day. (laughs) It just comes so natural. You don't even know, but she did. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, So diving in to, uh, first let's talk about the Roxy the Doxy, because I know there's probably people out there going, wait a minute, what is that? Does that have something to do with uh, self-defense and USCCA? What is this Roxy the Doxy? 
Well, you know, if you have dachshunds, you do need you do need to know self defense. Believe me, so if you have multiple dachshunds, um, I I got I had an idea randomly one weekend to write um, a couple of a kids books, and I started with the one Roxy the Doxy finds her forever home, and essentially it follows Roxy, who's a little dachshund, who is my one of my dogs, through the being in foster care on up to being adopted, and kind of the machinations of what she was worried about and what she was thinking about, where would she be going, and so forth. Um, the intent was, you know, when kids have a worry or they want to learn about something, as you know, they tend to like to do it through a character, maybe a toy or maybe even an imaginary friend. They don't want to say, I feel this. They really, sometimes young kids don't have that capability yet. So it was intended that somebody could read the book to the kids. And then there's a, a teacher or parent talking point um part, uh, in the back of the book that a person can use kind of as a, just as a guide you know to get a conversation with a kid or with a group of kids going to talk about adoption um and it was it, it was really fun to write and i had a great illustrator um and, and, and it was great and the second one was roxy the doxy the new dog at school and that is being the, the new kid at school. And so there she is the first day and she doesn't know what to do and she kind of flubs a little bit and she gets bullied a little bit by a little tiny dog smaller than her and she makes friends and, and ultimately has to take a test, which all kids do. And again, it kind of goes through all that, the anxiety about being new and how to make friends and what do you do. So it was a, it was a hobby that turned into um, a little bit more than a hobby. That is so cool. And I have granddaughters. And so, uh, you know, I think that, you know, even the adoption piece to help them understand maybe their friends, a friend who has been adopted, I think it's exactly. still very relevant. And, um, you know, the, being the new kid, we're all going to be the new kid somewhere, some way, sometime. So I think that that's super valuable. And so now uh, how, how does all of that then bring you to being asked to write uh, not just one article, but two, um, at least, for uh, the USCCA Concealed Carry magazine? Sure. So I've, um, I've been a Second Amendment fan for my whole life and bought my first firearm um, in California when I turned 18. It's a long time ago. Um, and have, have, you know, always been interested in self-defense and um, exercising my Second Amendment right. And I joined um, USCCA about, I want to say three or four years ago. And I had a friend of mine join as well. And I would read the magazine and it comes and you grab it and you hide. Don't you know, let anybody else touch it. And read the articles and a lot, you know, a lot of great articles about gear and tactics and strategy and the aftermath legally and so on. And one day I was reading it and I, I, I literally went, hmm, I put it down and I emailed the editor-in-chief, I think Jared Bloom. And I said, hey, I just wanted to mention, you know, maybe an area, a gap that you might want to take a look at, have one of your staff writers consider. And that was, you know, unfortunately, in the event of a self-defense shooting, it's not over when the dust settles and the legal stuff's done. Mm. Um, for some people, and not so much for others, you know, there, there are some emotional effects that can, can, can happen. And I think that it might be helpful to throw that out there on the table for people, because there's really... It's kind of that piece I think a lot of people don't think about, and which is normal. Um, so, you know, and I just threw it out there and I figured if he liked the idea, he'd grab a staff writer, they would do it. And he emailed me back and he said, sure, write it. And I went, oh, okay. So I did. <laughs> and then the, kind of the second part of it was, you know, 
this is okay. The first part is what happens, you know, what could potentially happen to the person? And then second part was what, how does this fall out on, on, on a family, the employer, the community, the whole thing? I mean, mm -hmm. it, there's more to it. It's, it's really, and social media, you know, your kids are on social media, your family's on social media and people, it, it, it's just sort of this domino effect. So that's what I really wanted to address. Absolutely. And then this is the second um, episode, <laughs> the second article. Uh, you haven't even seen it yet. Well, I'm magazine yet, so, debuting yeah. it here for you uh, on, on our conversation. But both of these are so important. I, I would love to see them actually keep this as maybe a, a feature, um, maybe not every month necessarily. Who knows? But um, it's so important and it is a part of gun ownership. The, the fact that USCCA has like a whole, I think they call it insurance program. They understand that, you know, when you own guns, it's for a lot of times it's for self-protection. And if you have to take that step, that there are things that come next. And so to, to unpack that in the ways that you have so important. Um, so starting with this first uh, article that you wrote, this is in the July 2020 edition of the magazine. And, um, you know, we're talking about the idea that it, we are unique individuals, right? Everything about our lives and how we process things, there's very unique elements to that. And so um, everyone will react to things like this differently. And, and I think sometimes we feel like there's a right way and a wrong way. And exactly. I, I'd like you to speak to that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's one of the most important things that, that people need to keep in mind is there's not a right or wrong way to, to navigate through um, the, the post-incident you know, road. It's, a lot of people think if something happens, they'll be, quote, fine. Um, and that's, that's not necessarily the case. And everybody um, is an individual, and then everybody has their environment that they're going to react to as well. They're, how did it impact their family? How did it impact their kids, their church, their school, their employer? How's their employer treating them? So these variables can't necessarily be uh, predicted. So um, the most important thing is everybody's different. There's not, no right or wrong. And honestly, there's, there's no... Um, you know, there's no shame in saying, hey, you know, this is a little bit of a, a rough time for me and I, I need to, you know, kind of kind of roll through this with somebody and figure out what, what's the best thing. So, and it can be everything from soup to nuts. Some people that I did work with, because I did have some mandatory referrals from law enforcement, they actually, they actually probably navigated pretty well. And then there were people who just really had a rough time. And it doesn't, it's not a gender, it's not age, it's not race, it's not anything other than our brains are all different. Boy, that is so true. And um, I, I read a book, I forget what it's called now, it was a, a war veteran who had suffered um, Conquer Anything, I think, Greg Stubbe, I think it was his book. And he talked about the idea of of PTS or PTSD in terms of you can kind of inoculate yourself to a certain degree 
by going through training, going through scenarios that might put you in a, in a, a mindset of what you could encounter. Um, how do you feel about that? And how would that relate to what you've written in the article? Well, I think, I, I mean, I, I think any kind of training is better than none. But to, to, you know, to try to, I think a person putting themselves in a simulated situation and hoping to be able to get the reaction internally from themselves that, that they would get in a real situation is probably just not going to happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, yes, you could train and so you're prepared, you weren't caught off guard, but um, you, you can't really... You, you can't really put yourself in a, situ a real situation and then see how you would react. That, that has to happen after. Um, you, you know, people do, people can do mental practice about what would I do, you know, if this happened, how would I feel afterwards? And they can definitely get some headway that way, but to try to predict how you're gonna feel or predict how your family's gonna react. Mm. You know, we're not computers. We don't, mm -hmm. we don't respond to the same stimuli over and over again the same way. We respond different to every stimuli, every time differently. Boy, if that isn't the truth. And so then once somebody has um, gone through a traumatic event, what is kind of the, is there a best course or is that very unique to the, the individual's life and the resources they have and, and the, even the area of the country they live in, what might even be available to them? What, what do you exactly. say about that? Yeah, so, you know, really, Typically what we see is, or what I've seen in my colleagues who, who do this too, um, is we see the event, okay, and then there's the, usually there's some law enforcement involvement, um, and then there is some legal involvement perhaps. That happens pretty quick, and, and a person is probably going to be incredibly anxious during that time, because who wouldn't be? Yeah. And then when, that's, when that kind of settles down, when that dust settles, most people expect themselves to also, with that anxiety, like, okay, the, it's, it's a righteous shooting, you're done, everything's good, thank you very much. They think that now they take that anxiety and that's tied up and very, you know, that's it. Family's fine, everybody's fine. That doesn't happen. So now we have, now that we do, we have the after effects. And that's when a person has to sit quietly with all of this stuff not there, because this was really taking up a lot of their time that first couple of weeks, maybe a month. Mm -hmm. Now they've got, they're just with themselves and their family and their employer. Mm -hmm. And that's usually when it kind of when it happens. Um, so really the first course for anybody is sort of a self-assessment. You know, how am I doing? Am, am, I, am I okay with this? If I'm, am I really struggling? Man, is that so hard for people? Because nobody, not me, not you, want to say, you know, I, I don't feel too good right now. I mean, I'm having, you know, I can't, I'm a little anxious, I'm shaky. I feel like I've had too much coffee, but I haven't. So really it's just sort of keeping, you know, how are you doing? Being really honest and open with yourself. If you have a friend, a spouse, a partner who you can bounce off of and, and, and he, you know, who you'll take feedback from and who say, you know, I, I've noticed you're really hypervigilant. You're a little on edge. Um, then, okay, you know, maybe need to, think about. Wow, that's so important um, to, to know to expect that it's not just going to go, you know, in the movies, we see, all right, there's a good guy, there's a bad guy, good guy, you know, uh, eliminates the, the threat from the bad guy, good guy walks off into the sunset, his life is, you know, 
just like it was before, maybe even better because now they're the hero of the story. And <laughs> what's that? And he got the girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he gets the girl. Yeah. Or vice versa. It's the, the girl and she gets the guy. But um, that is such, a, I think that sets us up to, to have such a wrong expectation for the reality of it. And I wonder if, are the stages of grief at all similar to the stages that you might go through? Um, you know, how they're, they're very kind of delineated and they can happen in different orders, the stages of grief. Are mm -hmm. there stages that people can expect to travel through, even though, you know, the way that I portray one stage might look a little different than, than the next person? You know, I think people, I think people being so unique, they will, they will bounce back and forth. I mean, the stages of grief with the, the depression and the bargaining and the acceptance and all that, um, they don't really mimic. Well, I think that the, the Kubler-Ross stages of grief somehow, somewhat mimic what a person would go through, just in that there are, there, there are, you know, I hate to say labels, but there are kind of different points that people are going to go through and they are going to bounce back and forth. Um, you know, one of them is, is there's a lot of Monday morning quarterback. The person's going to, mm -hmm. even, even if it's rule to right to shooting, they're going to say, should I have done that? What did I do? What would I have done different? Mm. Would it have mattered if I had done this? Should I have put, you know, should I put my family through this? Um, part of it's going to be anger. You know, why did I have to be put in a position I had to do this? You know, despite what is on TV, people generally don't want to shoot. You know, good people, like we know, don't want to shoot each other. They really don't want to get into a confrontation. And there's a lot in the magazines about avoiding it and, and not doing this until, unless you have to. So there's this, you know, like, why did this happen to me? I mean, it's very disruptive. It's very disruptive to the person's life. And so I think that, and, and of course, for a person to kind of go back and forth until they get to the end is, is absolutely normal. And there's no cookbook or right or wrong way to do that. Wow, absolutely. And it, it, as you mentioned, it's not a linear path necessarily where there's a, a clear start, a clear, I'm halfway through it and a clear end, right? I mean, you can, you can be clipping along feeling like, all right, it's behind me. And then something bubbles up again. Something will bubble up, something triggers it. Somebody says something, I mean, you know, four months down the road, a coworker could come up and say something or, you know, your 14-year-old daughter was at school and somebody said something and it kind of drops you back to that spot, you know, where there's anger and there's, you know, I've got to deal with this um, and, and there, it, it, it's right back in front of you again. So um, it, 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 is, it is a difficult navigation for sure. It is. And you talk in your article about the four circles um, here on page 79. And so... Um, the uh, the people that are impacted by it, you say circle one, the individual directly involved. Circle two, the immediate family and loved ones, children, parents, siblings. Circle three, the individual's associates, as you said, workplace, church, social club. Uh, circle four, lesser known acquaintances, distant coworkers and neighbors with whom you've had little contact, but, you know, maybe that social media connection, um, you know, brings them into your uh, world. So can you kind of talk to us about um, how those circles uh, impact each other and the person? Oh boy, and this is where it gets even rougher. I think, I think a lot of people, if they were just them on an island, it would be very different how to get through this. So 
you have the person, you have the person that's directly involved, and often some of the family members are with them. We know that. Um, and so you've now you've got family. So how does your how does your direct your immediate family feel about this? You know, are they supportive? Did it impact them? Did the person's um, partner go to work and get flack from their manager, who is not a you know supporter of the Second Amendment? Is that going to affect their career? Um, mm -hmm. Did your kids go to school? Teachers? Oh, okay. I'm sure. What are they saying? And then what are they allowing other kids to say? Mm. Um, you go, you know, go into your community. Uh, people know what's happened. You're going to have some supportive people, and you're probably going to have some not so supportive people. Um, unfortunately, with social media, which is a real concern these days, especially with kids, um, people who you know, there's there's crazy people out there. Believe me, I've seen some in my practice. They can, you know, they can find you through social media. They can find your address. They will find your kids. And there are people who don't have anything better to do, as, as we see today, especially, than hunt people down who have done something like this and had to be involved in something like this, harass the family, go to their workplace, call their employer. Had a case where they called this person's employer and demanded that they fire this person or they were going to go on social media and, and dox the employer, as they call it. And so it just got, it got really messy. I mean, it's just crazy. So this flow is, is a real secondary concern that, that for a lot of people is, ends up being the primary concern because they're not dealing with this on an island. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, if you think of younger kids being in a position to be bullied or taunted or uh, maybe even threatened, it's just, you know, but this, this does happen it's so ugly and i think yeah. to to know that up front um can can help you make smarter decisions about some things but holy cow i mean and and, when you think about it, just recently there was a law enforcement officer who was killed in the line of duty and he had a daughter i think it's about maybe 23 24 and she was attacked on social media she had thousands of people a day posting your dad deserved to die your dad was a pig. Death to all pigs. I wish you would die too. It was, and, and it was so quick. It was before she could even shut down her social media. And she finally did. But the, I mean, the impact of having to read that kind of hate and vitriol, um, that will stay with her. Bad enough to lose her dad. And you've got to see that. So awful. And it just adds trauma on top of trauma. Um, but so if we're not, we're, if we're not of that horrible, hateful mindset, we're just, you know, normal people who mean well, mm -hmm. and we're interacting with the family of, or the person who um, was involved in the incident. Are there any ironclad no-nos to say or do, or, you know, because it's so hard, even if somebody has passed away, we all feel kind of frozen and, and stupid, and we don't know you know, how do we even make conversation with, with this person who's enduring such grief and such trauma? But are there hard-clad no-nos? So to say to somebody who's been involved in, a, in a, um, an incident such as that, mm -hmm. you know, really, it's, a, it, it's just, you know, sometimes just a pat on the shoulder and say, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? You need anything? Just reach out. You want to talk about it? Anything. And, and essentially just letting that person know that you're there. Mm -hmm. And if they need to talk about it, 
um, do not give your opinion. Don't, you know, I typically say people, I probably stay away, especially in the early stages from saying, you know, hey, good job. Mm. You know, the guy, um, I think it was maybe six or eight months ago, the shooting in that church where the, the guy came in and tried to shoot the parishioners. And there were, that w- there was, I think, two or three people armed. And it was, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we could call a better shooting. Um, you know, he, he, I saw him on an interview and, and he just said that he really had to kind of disappear for a while because, you know, a lot of people were called, yeah, good job. You got the bad guy. And, and he didn't want that. He, he just mm-hmm. want, you know, he was, it was so unfortunate and mm-hmm. something he didn't want to do. So to, to kind of play rah-rah is not a good idea, um, especially up front. You know, let kind of wait till later and, and when things shift and you can have conversations, but just up front, just short and sweet, show support. They need anything, family needs anything, you're there. See, that is so important that you said that because I don't know that that any of us, myself included, would even realize that. We're thinking, you know, well, thank God you you saved all those people. So good job. But I can also understand the person that is enduring the trauma of the decision and the action that was required in that situation, they're still grappling with what does it all mean? Absolutely. And it can be both. See, again, it's not this distinct one. It can be both where that was a good thing. That was, that was, you know, they say good guy with a gun, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean for him or even the people that were in that church that they walked away and went, phew, well, that was one heck of a day of worship. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Um, And so then your second article, we've already touched on a few of the the pieces uh, in it. And just because we're talking about it now doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not going to want you to come back on and really unpack it because this is really good stuff. But this is in the August and September 2020 um, uh, ed- edition of USCCA Concealed Carry Magazine. And it's interesting that the, the title piece on this is about uh, a self-defense um, shooting and it's called Unfair Fight. And so that article right there is is an interesting read and then to open a little further in and see your article where we're talking about um it's close to home i think you're really going into maybe those those four circles that we were talking about is that what the second Mm. article is it is it is you know i do i do talk about um dealing with kids um teenagers dealing with them what with their social media giving some ideas of what what to do with around the social media, giving ideas about what to do around um, school, about what happens when they go back. Because usually when something like this happens, if you, the family will be taking some days off. Mm-hmm. I don't know some kids are going back, some kids aren't during, during this COVID um, pandemic, I should say. But, you know, being able to man, kind of manage the family too, um, how it's affecting the employer, again, the employer. You may go back to work and there may be some reactions. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but true. And so some ideas about how to talk to a manager prior to coming back, you know, sit down today, I want to speak with you before I come back in, setting the stage for um, returning to work, reintegration into the workplace, the kids' reintegration into the home. I, I think I'd say to sit down and talk to the principal and teachers before these kids go back and set some boundaries and make it real clear that these kids come home upset from something they heard and there will be consequences, absolute consequences. Um, the social media, uh, younger kids should have their uh, social media shut down for a period of time. 
I know they're going to be mad. I know they're going to hate their parents, but you know, you are the parent and you've got to protect these kids. Older teenagers, and again, depending on the kind of the resilience and the, um, you know, of, of the older ones, it's up to the parent, they know them best, but the younger ones, they don't have the capacity to um, take in that much and, and be able to kind of filter it and, and be okay with it. Um, and then talking about, you know, community and, and church and neighbors and things like that and uh, how to, you know, once again, getting down that path of, of what to say and how to deal with those people. If they start getting too nosy or too talkative, um, you know, you can set limits. You don't have to talk about it. It's really personal um, and it, getting through it the best way you can. That's so important. Um, so, I mean because my degrees are in psychology and I very much value uh, talk therapy as well as other kinds of therapy. And, and I'm a fan of getting that, that annual checkup from the neck up. Uh, you know, that. <laughs> thank you. I stole that from one of my instructors in school. Um, I, I can't imagine going through something like this without a, a mental health professional, like on the speed dial. But mm-hmm. um, do you, do you think that people can, navigate this without that outside sounding board and that outside um, voice to help them kind of repack their their lives into something that looks normal? Absolutely. You know, I I don't think therapy is for everybody. Uh, And I think some people have a really good support system at home or with friends or with, you know, clergy or with their work group that can really be a really good sounding board that can be enough. then there are, there are people who have a, a, maybe are a little more isolated, um, are having a little bit more difficult time. They're having more, you know, maybe insomnia, stress, just day-to-day stress, a lot of anxiety and so on that need to maybe go to a therapist. And I would say it's a tune-up. Like you said, it's not therapy to dig into, you know, what happened when somebody locked you in a closet and you got upset. That's not it. It's, it's, it's a four to six session um, problem solving, solution focused. Here are some tools that you have in your toolbox to use. Don't forget to use them and, and set you back out there uh, with, with some ideas of how you, can, how you can deal with some of these things that are going on. And that's really it. You know, I don't want to tell people, oh, no, you're going to go to therapy for months and months because it, that's, that's not really what we do anymore. That's sort of of the past. Um, people generally have the capacity to deal with things. Just sometimes they need a little more you know, it's like, if you get sick, you know, you get sore throat, okay, you know what to do. But if you get struck, you actually do need to go to the doctor. So sometimes you just do. Um, and then also with the kids, you know, sometimes kids can navigate through easily or um, talk to their friends or talk to the parents. And sometimes they can't. Um, and that's when they would need to see somebody as well. And, and I just answered my next question is that how important is it to treat this as a, a family uh, unit? Um, you know, because, you know, we're just seeing right here with COVID. And again, we're, we're still in COVID season. We're in the studio on Monday, August 24th, 2020. And that, that two weeks to stop the spread, that's, that's long gone. Yeah. So we're still uh, in it. And we've noticed uh, that, you know, as adults, our anxiety is raised and our uncertainty is, is enhanced um, just from that and that we can see it reverberate to the younger members of our families. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. So to have something this impactful, this traumatic, um, as a, a self-defense, um, uh, situation that is going to, uh, as much as you might think you're walking around acting normal, your kids are like little Geiger counters. They can feel it, right? Boy, you could not be more accurate. Um, they absolutely are. And, and that's one of the reasons why I really stress a person kind of doing a self check and being real honest, because you can try to bottle it up and you can try to be okay. Your kids know, they just know, and they feel it. It, it runs right down to their pointy little heads and, um, and they're going to be worried. You don't want kids to be worried about you. Um, that's mm -hmm. your job to be worried about them. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it, but I, your, your point of it being really more of a system was absolutely right on. It's not, mm -hmm. this is the person that did this and then this is everybody else. But the, the family does need to kind of deal with it as sort of a team. You know, I like mm -hmm. to say it's a team. Um, you just, you know, this is your job is to do this. And then over here, you're going to be doing this and you're not going to be on social media. And then you're going to be over here and, you know, kind of doing it. We're going to all get through this together is really a kind of a, a helpful technique for parents or the individual to do with their family. That is so fantastic. And I, I can't recommend these articles too much uh, to people. And again, they're in the uh, July and then the August, September editions of um, USCCA Concealed Carry magazines. I'm so excited and so thankful that you reached out and, and offered your, you didn't really offer your, your ability to write the article, but I love how uh, the, the person you wrote to kind of treated it the way that a good pastor does in a church when people are like, hey, you know, there ought to be a uh, committee too. And they're like, you know what? I agree with you and you're the perfect person. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. I liked it too. Uh, well, very well written, very well timed with all of the brand new first time, millions of brand new first time gun owners yep. uh, as they're just even grappling many of them with the idea that, wait a minute, I would have never in a million years dreamed that I would own this tool and have this tool in my home or strapped to my body in some way. Um, and now to be prepared uh, to use it fully and then what can happen afterwards. I can't imagine these being more perfectly timed um, for Thank that. You. I think that's a really good point. I, I think most of us could could say right now that we all know somebody, at least one person who we never thought would say, can you help me pick out a gun? Say, can you help me pick out a, you know, a firearm? Who, where do I start? What do I do? I've had people I thought, would never say that. Say that. It is so true. And, you know, my husband and I, as I said, own a, a gun store. And so I probably have more opportunity. But um, the fact that the people that have reached out that were so unexpected, that is such an incredible amount of trust that they're showing to us um, that we're going to treat them with, with respect and really, you know, lead them into this. Um, rather than take some kind of attitude like, oh, well, now you need a gun, you know? <laughs> I've seen all those anti-gun things you put on Facebook. But just to say, well, okay, I get it, that you, you understand a little bit more about where, where I've been, and, and let's walk this together. Yeah. And in your case, you're, you're owning a gun store that you, you know, that you take care of the newbies. The newbies walk in, and I'm telling you right now, they're sweating because they know they're a newbie. Yes. And people don't like 
to be out of their comfort zone. And and you know, looking at firearms is a, is not it's not the same as just going and looking at cars. It's very different, and they don't want to be judged. And um, so you have a very you have a big role and big responsibility to get these people set on the right path. And well, I appreciate that. That is so true, and it makes me think of your uh, Roxy. Go full circle back to your Roxy the Doxy uh, first day new kid in class uh, book. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, I'm like the new kid on your radio show. That's, that was fun. Thank you. For that. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for writing these articles, for the important work that you do, for having that that insight into what um, can happen and likely will happen to an individual and the family unit and then the, the broader social unit um, if, if somebody does need to, to use their gun in a way of, of defending life. I mean, it's, it's so important, but it doesn't just, it's not an incident. It's a, like the beginning of a, a process, I think. It is. it is. Perfect way to say it. So thank you so much for that. And um, can you tell folks, you know, if they're curious about your Roxy the Doxy books or if they want, uh, you know, to, to unpack more about what we've talked about here, is there a way that they can reach out to you? Absolutely. If they want to check out the books, they can actually go to my uh, publishing website, which is www.tallyhopublishing.com. That's tallyhopublishing.com. Um, they can also contact me. My email is jody at tallyhopublishing.com. And um, I'll respond that way uh, if they want to get a hold of me that way. I'm also on Facebook. I can be found there. And I also, Roxy, um, the Doxy Books does have a page on Facebook, Roxy the Doxy Books on Facebook. So they can check that out. Fantastic. Um, Dr. Jody A. Dean, uh, PhD, thank you so much for all that you do. We appreciate you. And uh, I would love to have you back on again in the future. I, I think these next few months are you know, likely to have more and more people curious about this kind of topic and and, and how they can navigate the, these unfamiliar waters that we're in, in so many ways. So I'd love to have you back on again. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye now. So fun. And she did not know anything about uh, polka dots are my camo before she came on. And when we were off air preparing for the show she mentioned that we both were wearing polka dots. So I, I love that. I think that was um, just a, a neat little happenstance, but such important topics um, that she's writing about. I do hope that USCCA Conceal Carry or, or other people uh, get interested in those kinds of topics, the psychological elements that come into play in gun ownership in, um, you know, any kind of a, a usage of a firearm where, where there's some trauma involved. And then uh, I didn't even open this uh, topic with her, but I should have. And, and next time I have her on, we will. Um, the work that like Walk the Talk America is doing, where there's that, that intersection between the gun community and the mental health community and what we can be doing together to um, help mitigate uh, suicide, because whether we like the number or not, uh, most suicides, the, the, the vast majority of suicides are 
um, completed with or attempted with a firearm. So um, such good stuff. I, it's my, I love talking about the psychological principles and, and the, you know, the, the operating system, right? Your computer has a hard drive and an operating system and our brain uh, drives everything. Um, you know, when you're under stress, it impacts your, your physicality, uh, your heart rate, um, you know, how you eat, what you eat, why you eat, when you eat. I mean, there's so many, so many things and it all stems from our, our operating system. So we want to have that as, as healthy as humanly possible. All right. Well, um, this is the part of the show where I really miss Dan sitting next to me, unpacking some of these ideas and bantering and, and uh, you know, talking about the things that, that he's got going on in his operating system. Um, but uh, he will definitely be back next week. And I hope we don't ever do this again where I'm, I'm running solo without him. I do, I do miss my co-host, Dan, the other guy. Which I always say, why are you the other guy? So does that mean I'm a guy? What does that mean? It's so confusing. But uh, anyway, I, I so appreciate and want to let our listeners know, you out there, whether you're watching us on YouTube or GunStreamer or on the OpsLens app on your smartphone, you are everything. Because I love these conversations, but if, if they just end when I click, you know, done on the video, um, then, okay, so I had a good time and my guest hopefully had a good time. But when you carry the message forward and you talk about them with your children, with your family, with your church groups, with your um, carpool, we're back to being able to carpool around your kitchen tables, that's everything. So thank you so much for that. Um, and again, whether you're watching the video or whether you are listening to it on our website, gunfreedomradio.com, you can click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, all of the episodes that we have there. Um, or you can click on the guest tab and that will show you photos and bios and links to books and, and articles and all the things that our guests are involved in. Uh, they are experts in their field and it's a tremendous resource to have all of those names in one place. And when you spend time there, we, we don't hate that at all. So anyway, um, thank you so much to our listeners. Thank you to our awesome guest, Jody A. Dean, PhD. Again, you can find her articles in um, the Concealed Carry magazines, uh, July 2020 and August, September 2020. Hopefully more coming soon. And uh, until next time, please pray for this nation. Pray for our world, really. Um, we are ramping up to a season of, uh, it's just going to be craziness. I mean, we, we already know that every election season gets a little bit tense, a little bit nutty. Um, and this year, I, I can't help but believe it's going to be just a little bit even more so. Um, and so prayers going out, good feelings going out. If you're not a, a person of faith and 
you know, just meditate and, and express um, things of beauty and, and words of affirmation and kindness to those around you. Um, I, 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 have, I have to believe that it'll make a difference, um, a positive difference. So um, I pray for our leaders, our representatives, uh, the people that are serving in the public square, uh, whether you like them or not, right? This is where I say all of them even the ones you don't like, especially maybe the ones you don't like. And uh, until next time, pray for each other, pray for our nation, be good to each other, have a great week, and God bless.